I don't know if you've seen the video, but it's crazy. This uh, accused felon going o- in a courtroom, going yes. over the bench and landing on the judge and uh, put her in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable video. <sighs> crazy. The man was airborne. He was flying yeah. like Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the world has gone mad. It has. It has. And it took what, three guys to get him off of, of off the judge. And one of the security guys uh, needed treatment at the hospital as yeah. well. Um, An interesting story that we brought to you yesterday, uh, the Detroit Free Press breaking the news yesterday that Jennifer Crubley has asked for three witnesses to be barred from testifying in her involuntary manslaughter case in Oakland County. She claims that they would be prejudicial because the testimony would be uh, highly gruesome and appalling. But isn't that the point? That it was appalling? Yes. It, these are these facts are are not in dispute. Right. What these people witnessed and went through is horrifying. But should it be? Con- it, she's saying, "Look, it's not part of the case against me. Therefore, it's irrelevant." What happened? Everything that happened before the shooting—that's fair game because mm-hmm. that goes to whether or not I contributed. This is through her through her defense attorneys. We were really curious about this legal tactic. We welcome in Todd Flood, attorney and managing partner at Flood Law this morning. Todd, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year to you. So how common are motions like this? And is this, you know, we know this is a very novel case. Is this a novel approach? To make a uh, motion to strike, that's what the defense attorney has done. A motion to strike uh, proposed witnesses based on their proposed testimony. Um, it's not uncommon. It's, it's common. Um, in this particular situation, it's, I don't necessarily think it's, a, it's one that's going to win. There, there's three rules of evidence, uh, and, and Lloyd, don't use this at home, but 401, 402, and 403. You can't tell your wife, honey, it's not relevant. Don't, don't object that way. But the relevance is the question. So does it move a material fact uh, more probable or not with the evidence in or excluded that's 401 is it relevant is it you know relevant evidence then you have to weigh that against 403 is it unfairly prejudicial does it taint the jury from a common sense standpoint is it just too much well I always say start with the recipe. What are the elements of the case? What is it that the prosecution has to prove? They have to prove, they have two theories. One, that there was gross negligence by an act or a failure to act. That's one theory. And the second theory is there was a legal duty. And in Michigan, we have as a parent a legal duty to uh, make sure that our our children, um, if we had reason to believe or know that they have a propensity to do something, we have to control them. So there's two theories. Now, is it relevant to bring in how horrific it was um, when these four amazing children were, were murdered uh, and how it went down? There's three people that, want, uh, that the prosecution wants to testify that are at question here. One is a school teacher. Uh, one is a uh, child, a KG. Uh, and another is uh, another uh, teacher uh, uh, that was walking the hallway that came upon Tate <clears throat> and saw the shooter walk by her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, he didn't respond to her as she was trying to give 
aid the tape. He, she didn't shoot. He didn't shoot. Uh, uh, the shooter didn't take out the 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 uh, person there that that was giving uh, help. I think that was Miss Garnell. But uh, that's one. The the child was uh, KG. He was in uh, with uh, uh, Justin, I believe it was Schilling. So in the bathroom, and he escaped. He escaped, but he saw the derangedness of the shooter. He saw, you know, he brought one child out and shot, and then so he luckily fortuitously fled and got out of there. Right, but um, it's, it's all horrific stuff. I guess the question is... But it's relevant. It's yeah. relevant to show what this guy did, right? So that's your question. You ask those three witnesses, what's the, what's the relevancy of it? Those three people can tell the jury a fact that this kid acted, this shooter acted in this way. All right, how's that relevant? Because the parents knew that the kid was deranged or the kid was spiraling out of control. Exactly. And so it's like their negligence, yeah. their negligence led to this graphic outcome. That's right. So I think that's where the prosecution is going to hang their hat on. And I think, Lloyd, to your point, is that you, they, the, 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 the Court of Appeals answered it so clearly. The parents neglected to take care of this child when they saw him mentally spiraling out of control. I paraphrase that language, but that's basically what they said. And it was reasonably foreseeable that he would act out. Well, how would he act out? He'd act out this way. Mm -hmm. All right, jury, how did he act out? You can't just avoid that. You can't just neglect that. So it moves the material facts to your recipe for what you have to prove. I have to prove these elements. This is a material fact for me to help prove those elements. Does that make sense? Yeah, Todd, my question is, I think the defense is saying the parents' case is about what happened before the shooting, not during or after. Isn't that what they're saying? That's part of it. That's that's exactly right. They want to stipulate the fact that this was a horrific act. They want to stipulate to the fact that, um, you know, we don't want to get into the shooting. Well, Unfortunately, that can't be true all the time because what it means that the parents said something after the shooting, hide the gun, or where was the gun? Well, that's after the shooting, so that comes in. So there's, you know, of course, everything is prejudicial. Relevant facts oftentimes, if not all the time, are prejudicial. Right. And I can see the defense's argument that this would taint a jury in a way that would make it so graphic. But, you know, you got to be really careful as a prosecutor. You don't want to pander to the jury. Jurors are smart. You don't want to overplay that, you know, as, as though you're trying to, to uh, make this case all about the graphic part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have to be deft in their touch and yeah. how to get the evidence in to make it so you're not alienating the jury, you're bringing in relevant evidence to show that there was a propensity for this man to act, this shooter to act this way, and that there was uh, reasonably foreseeable right. that he would by giving him a gun. So you, you said at the outset that it's really about balance, the relevancy of this evidence versus whether it, it is so graphic and so gruesome it goes too far and becomes pre- prejudicial. So what is the standard there? I mean, I'm struck by the teacher's testimony. She's going to testify. And it's this horrible, forgive me, 
but I think it's relevant. She's going to testify that she tasted Tate Mears' blood in her mouth for months after this, that she was that damaged by yeah. it. Yeah, and think, we know what she's going to say from the Miller hearing. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it is relevant, but does it go too far, Todd? Yeah, that may. That may. And so you object specifically to that portion of the testimony. It doesn't mean she can't testify. She may not be able to say what the impact was on her in the case. She can only testify to the relevant fact of what she saw, what she did, mm-hmm. how she did it. She may not be able to get into it. What, what relevance is it to this case and an element in this case about her trauma, right? Mm-hmm. It's not relevant necessarily to her trauma. What's relevant for her testimony is the facts. Everything's mm-hmm. based on facts. What she saw, how she saw, how she saw the shooter, those types of things are all very I think, important to come in for the prosecution to prove their recipe. They've got the burden, right. and they're going to have to do that. Now, you're absolutely right, Gag, 1,000%. Getting into the graphicness of um, her trauma might not necessarily be relevant in this case and, and probably yeah. will be struck. i got to tell you, here in the court of public opinion, it sure as heck is relevant to us. Mm-hmm. And the bravery that these three witnesses are going to show on that stand to relive these horrifying moments. Oh my goodness! Really, I got to tell you, unprecedented that <laughs> that I've seen, uh, because yeah. it's going to reopen a lot of very yeah. Very and they're going to say we went wars. through this because of the negligence of the, yeah, of the parents. So the, just the fact that they're willing to testify, those are three heroes there. Todd, uh, thanks for breaking it down for us. My pleasure, as always. You all have a great day. You, you too. too, and we'll await the uh, judge's decision on these motions. Uh, when we come back at 649, Merrick Masters, uh, who is a, a labor scholar, kind of saying that, look, the UAW, yeah, they've had a lot of successes, but if they think they're going to organize these southern auto plants, they need some new tactics. So what's working and what isn't? We'll speak with him next on JR Morning.